I like strong beers too. I mean, but I, <coughs> I'm interested in the, the the taste more than anything else. The overall um, the overall package I'm interested in, but drink is about taste. I always thought. Craft Beer Radio, episode eighty-eight, the Hophead Show. Crafty Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear, and we have two guests tonight. Two, two. So we have Aaron Martino, who's been on the show before. Hi. And Jeff Smith. Good evening. Reason ours, we got five big bombers of uh, West Coast IPAs here, and uh, I really didn't think Greg and I could finish every last drop, and I didn't want to waste the beers. It's, it's probably best because I have a big trip coming up this week, and. Tomorrow is when I leave, and if I'm like, if I go to bed with a buzz, it's not going to be a good thing. Don't don't be a hero. No. So first thing we need to talk about is Michael Jackson, the beer hunter, yes. passed away. Unfortunately, he did. No man has done more for craft beer than Michael Jackson. If you guys haven't read any of his columns or his books, uh, you should check them out. the The intro clip we played was from an interview that's on YouTube uh, that Dan Shelton did with michael jackson just like three weeks ago wow so there's some good stuff in there uh we'll link to it and everyone should check it out it's a pretty sad thing for for craft beer uh, i never got to meet the man but you know let's let's instead of being all mournful about him let's celebrate him and let's celebrate with five great beers if we were really celebrating we should be doing belgians but we just did a whole bunch of belgians yeah and and i've been craving the hops so, so. have i and we've definitely been into hops or really wanting some hops so here we are, Hopheads. We're going to do a bunch of IPAs and double IPAs? No, they're all single IPAs All this IPAs. Time. Well, so. we'll see about that. It is a West Coast beer. Five West Coast beers. Let's start with Paddle Me. Yeah. So this is Paddle Me. These are all West Coast, like we said. Paddle Me IPA, which is from Silet's Brewing in Public House in Silet's, Oregon. 6% alcohol by volume. Annual production of only 500 barrels. That's small. This one was um, sent courtesy of Rick Sellers through Liquid Solutions. Very nice. Glasses, guys. This beer's pouring very foamy. <laughs> You're not kidding. There's about, what, seven, eight fingers worth of head here? Getting like, we're going to get like five or six full glasses of beer because the foam's 90% of the beer out of this one bottle. It's got sort of a pale straw color. It... What aroma I can get from it has a cascady oh uh, aroma to it. So I think we're going to have to wait a little bit for the head to subside. Silence is a uh, renegade brewing company, apparently, even though it says Silence. Yeah, there's not in much information on their website about, there was no information about the beer. And that's a good, that's a good thing I find was this, which was Renegade Brewing Company, Brewers of Silence Ales and Lagers. It's located in a small country town of Silence, Oregon, 13 miles northeast of Newport. Adjacent to the brewery is their public house, the Silence Roadhouse, the country atmosphere, an award-winning microbrewery, and one of the best fishing rivers in Oregon. Make the Silence Roadhouse a great place to stop in for a meal and enjoy our beers on tap. There's your marketing. Yeah, they had to get that last sentence in there, didn't they? Always. So it's just still not calming down. Well, i got a couple things we can talk about okay. here. I was uh, at Mad Max yesterday, ordered some beers. They have the Avery 14th. 
which is their anniversary of. This thing is, we'll say a double IPA, but spelled double D-U-B-B-E-L. So it's an IPA Belgian double. What? With 9.5% alcohol by volume in it. And you know how a lot of beers we say you really can't taste the alcohol? Uh-huh. This is the antithesis of that. This taste. one tasted like doing a shot. I mean, it was like alcohol. But it was a, it was a tasty beer. I'm definitely going to have to try it a couple more times before that keg kicks at Mad Max because it was it's one of a kind for sure. Oh, this is beer advocate. I was wondering why yeah. they they just blatantly threw out an F word right there. <laughs> <laughs> the first part of the interview, of the review. Okay, so we're going to dig through the foam and try to get a taste or a aroma and taste on this uh, Paddle Me IPA. There's a lot of carbonation on this. Mm-hmm. Very fizzy. Pretty bitter. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bitter. Mm. It's got kind of a, um, a citrusy sort of a lime taste to it, too. I was going to say that, but I was afraid to. <laughs> well, say what you think. I mean, we'll just call you stupid if you're wrong. So. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's very citrusy, lime. I'm thinking like an apple, you know, same thing, you know, citric acid taste. It's an interesting flavor because I just made my... Um, a lot of pithiness to it, a lot of that pith. Yesterday I just kegged my uh, Pennsylvania Homegrown, uh, the IPA I made with all the hops I grew in the backyard, and I dry hopped the hell out of that thing. And I was disappointed with how fresh and floral the hop aroma was on it. It wasn't anything like you get from a professional brewery. Uh-huh. So it's, I, I'm just saying it, it's not as easy as you might think to put this kind of aroma and this fresh floral flavor. Well, you didn't have a huge amount beer. of hops, too. I mean, that for was... the recipe, it was a lot of hops. I mean, for five gallons of beer, I put a lot of hops in it. Mm. I mean, I dry hopped it with three or four ounces of whole cone hops. So it's a lot for five gallons. <laughs> this is a very bitter beer. I mean, very West Coast, so throwing a lot of bitterness at you that um, pithiness and bitterness is right there in the back of your tongue and it's just staying there the citrusy notes are mostly up front mm-hmm. I think it's a refreshing drinker even though it is bitter it doesn't it hangs around a little bit but it doesn't hang around a ton so it, it's not like it's really building and becoming any uh, undrinkable or having problems with the this the the uh the bitterness hanging around, but yeah, I wasn't sure about the effervescence at first because it was. I mean, you know how much I like carbonation, but even still, it felt like a little strong. Mm-hmm. And actually, I feel that it kind of helps scrub that bitterness off every time you drink it. No, I think you're. But then right. it reapplies the bitterness again. So I think you're right. I think if it didn't have that much carbonation, the bitterness might be building more and more on this. The head. We got shaving cream here, man. This we're gonna like. <laughs> I'm gonna be out of beer, and I'm gonna have to like rinse the glass to get the head out of the glass. <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff has it the worst. <laughs> oh, is there beer on the bottom? <laughs> I think so. The milkshake. Yeah. See, so I'm out of beer, <laughs> and I still got. It is three fingers of head. It is glass. impressive how how much this head sticks around. Now, how do you do that? How do you make it so you if you let's say you want a super expressive head on your beer. How do you make it so your beer is heady? There's two things you can do. Hops, lots of hops help head retention. The oils in there and whatnot, they help. So it's, it's easy to, like I've made a homebrew, an IPA, which had tremendous head retention just because of the hops in it. Um, if you aren't doing it with hops, uh, you could add a little bit of wheat malt to it. 
It helps with head retention. Think of how a Hefeweizen or something like that has that kind of pillowy head. Right. I think, and then to a lesser extent, there's things you can do in the mash to help do things to promote head, but I don't know what those are off the top of my head. No pun intended. Well, Jeff, what are the differences uh, between the, the big head you're getting on this beer out of a bottle as opposed to what you would get from a straight from a tap? Um, well, the bottle is, you know, it's it's either force carbonated in the in the bottle in the the bright tank before it's bottled, or it's um, bottle conditioned. I think and this it, one is bottle conditioned. I think it's hard to tell. I think it was pouring there. cloudier as I was getting towards yeah, the bottle. Yeah, it's definitely so. bottle conditioned. The um, so you know they could have put they put more sugar in there and it makes more carbonation. Um, it could be by design, like I said, like Greg said, maybe it's to counter the bitterness in the beer. Um, even though it is annoying when it pours with such crazy amounts of head, at least our, we know our glassware is clean. That's another thing. If you have dirty glassware, it kind of eats up the head and it all goes away. Greg uh, has a friend who has a a novel beer trick. He's he's not really a craft beer guy, but when he gets a beer with head, I guess he doesn't like any head. So he um, rubs his finger on his nose and puts his finger in the beer, and those oils just destroy the head. So That's disgusting. It's the old college trick. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff remembers that one. So what are we gonna do with this head? <laughs> well, we have some. We have a glass of water. Okay. Do a little dilution here. So, what do you guys think of that beer compared to what you you know IPAs you had? Was the bitterness strong for you? Was it not? Did you like the floral, the lime, the fruit? The I thought it was stronger up front. Uh, subsided a little bit, you know as. As you continued to drink it, but definitely, you know, your first sip was, uh, it hit you. Okay. I guess it's, for me, it, it's telling me where my, my taste buds are right now. It didn't seem that bitter to me. Okay. All I noticed was the citrus. Well, you, I, I would have even called, if I would have had this without knowing, I wouldn't have called it an IPA. I really? might My first reaction would have been, uh, I don't know, some type of... Uh, hmm. Interesting. Um you know, I, I right now my taste buds. It, you know, this might be weird, but I, I'm getting that fruity, estery. Okay. I don't know. I might not have called it an IPA. I'm not. Well, you just did you make know, the ones I've been drinking anyhow. You know, this doesn't remind me of that. You just made a homebrew called Tongue Splitters. So. I did. I did. Uh. <laughs> you definitely have a West Coast tongue, and we always are amazed by how much hops West Coast just throw in their beers and. To like me, two years ago, this would have probably I would have been passed out. Now I'm like, ah, eh, not bad. That's some room to go, but <laughs> what's next? Let's Wait. move on to the uh, Ballast Point Big Eye India Pale Ale. All right. Oh, I see one on here that I'm really interested in. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ballast Point Brewing Company in San Diego, California, makes this Big Eye IPA, which is six percent alcohol by volume. Listener Mike sent us this beer. Thanks, Mike. Along with several of the other ones. Your pal. The annual production is 5,500 barrels, and centennial hops were used exclusively uh, to bitter flavor finish and dry hop the big eye. Brewed year round, and the brewery at Ballast Point opened in 1996. This beer okay, is pouring a, uh, a more of a, oh, it's past golden. It's, a, it's an amber color. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as much of a head. I mean, you're talking about. A quarter of a finger's worth. Yeah, this one's pouring like a regular beer. And uh, you know what? It, it has a smell that is mm. reminiscent of Three Floyds. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of um, caramelly malt 
smell with yeah. the hops they they meld together. What I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I would get that from the color. I mean, this color, this this light brown, a little bit of orange. You can tell there's some crystal malt in there, or, and it's, some other uh, specialty grains. It's a delicious smell. It's a smell oh, that says yeah. "Drink me." Oh yeah. I wouldn't have questioned this was an IPA. Mmm. <laughs> just smelling that. I mean, oh, I haven't even tasted wow. it yet. It, it smells like candy. It smells like man candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes. That tastes a lot like Alpha King. Mm-hmm. It does. It has the same kind of malty backbone. The caramel, you know, the caramel part of that, it hits you right down the center of your tongue. There's, it's, it's not as much of a strong bitter. I mean, the bitterness is there from the hops, but it's not as nearly as strong, I think, as the paddle meat. Yeah, there's the the bitterness kind of blends with the um, hop flavor. So I'm getting a little bit of bitterness that runs hey, directly. Hey, in the guys, there are no secrets on this show. Oh, <laughs> I'm just giving them a tip. I'm you know, first time guy. You know, I, I I didn't have anybody. I was thrown in. You know. What was the tip? I just told him. I said, "Keep in mind, you have to rate these at the end of the night." Oh, so I said, okay. it, "It's kind of if you don't think about it at the end of the night, you're like, oh shit, what, uh, they were all good." You know? Yeah. Okay. Just, all right, that's a good tip. See. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, as I was saying, the, the bitterness really flows into the flavor, and like if you had the three aspects of hops here, you have the bitterness, the flavor, and the aroma. This one is weighted majority onto the flavor. <laughs> just lays on your tongue there, and it's. Not bitter. It leans right off at the end. The alcohol is coming through in this one, too. Especially as it, you know, I'm starting to get a couple more sips of it in. Yeah, I definitely would say, you just gave me an Alpha King if I drank this one without looking at the label. Because, I mean, it has the same... Actually, this one might be slightly more hit in the hops and, like, the aftertaste part of it. Yeah, the aftertaste is... As as it's coming along a little bit, it's, it's getting a little bit more bitter. And the Alpha King was, I think, smoother. Mm-hmm. Smoother, especially near the aftertaste. It, I'm sorry, you guys didn't have a chance to try Alpha King because it's it's quite a beer. This is a little bit a little bit harsher than Alpha King, but it has the same kind of the, the malt presence. They're a lot closer too. If you want to make a trip out to uh, Indiana, you can get some Alpha King. Well, you had the Dark Lord the I last had the time Dark we were Lord. on the show, so <laughs> <laughs> I bow to the Dark Lord. I couldn't drink a whole Dark Lord. No. Mm-hmm. It, it's like Lafoli from New Belgium. It's one of those beers you gotta split. It's so delicious. You don't. It's not because you want to split it. It's just because you have to split right. it. That's right. <laughs> you called it viscosity. I remember. I. Um, That's what it was. I mean, yeah. it was. It was not. Speaking of which, it wasn't water. I mean, it was right. something different. Right. Mike sent us a beer from Port Brewing called Old Viscosity. <laughs> <laughs> it's an American strong ale. Oh, so geez. I can't wait till we try that one. It, it says on, in the label, I think it has like a car or something, and it says, not your dad's 30 weight. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is very good. Tangerine type flavor I'm getting on it now. It's like candy, like sweet candy slash tangerine in the flavor. Mm-hmm. Then it gets a little more bitter, and it's harder to really say that's fruit, but for a second it's like... Yeah. Tangerine. Right. Maybe a little bit of peach... Mm-hmm. That's nice. I wish I could say kumquat, but never actually had a kumquat. So <laughs> sounds like it, it, it should be a yeah. kumquat. <laughs> so, so I'm guessing you guys like this. Like sometimes I can't tell by the description if if it's right for the it, style. 
It um no, it's it's right for the it's style. It's definitely right for the style. It's it, it's one of the more multi IPAs. I yeah. mean, if you get much maltier than this, you're you're getting into a hoppy barley wine territory or maybe old ale territory. Right. Not Does that happen when you try to get too much alcohol into it? No, I mean, is that? I mean, I've never really. It's still a six percent beer. I mean, I'm trying to think what I'd categorize a an IPA with more malt flavor and crystal flavor than this. You know, I'm not sure if I've had one. Like a strong amber, really. Yeah, I suppose a hoppy amber. I'm thinking something like Sierra Nevada Big Sierra Nevada Bigfoot. You know how hoppy that is. Could possibly be one of the outcomes if you take. But that's also on. like nine percent, ten percent alcohol. Yeah. So well, that's I guess if you throw throw more malt in it. Well, you're yeah. going to come up with more sugar, so... It's all about balance. If yeah. you add too many specialty grains, I'm sure something's going to get off kilter and you'll have to balance it out with more malt or something along those lines. I wonder what would happen if you tried to make an IPA with, like, you know, instead of just, like, five-gallon batch, instead of a couple pounds, like, pound and a half of crystal malt, putting in, like, five or six pounds of crystal malt and see what kind of... I wonder, at a certain point, do you get diminishing returns? Yeah. Or does it do something bad? I've never really tried, tried it or read about people doing it, so I'm not sure what happens if you put... I've, Steeping like five grounds or five pounds of crystal malt in an IPA, probably end up with a brown ale. It, blo- <laughs> it actually it blows up your fermenter. Oh, <laughs> I bet it'd be a mess. <laughs> and you got to watch out for the space time continuum right, too. Yeah, it would destroy half the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out. Make sure you don't use the anti-crystal malt. <laughs> when it comes in contact with the crystal malt, it'll annihilate itself. This is a real nerdy <laughs> show already. Uh, Racer five. Let's go for it. You guys have probably heard of this beer, Racer 5 from Bear Republic Brewing Company? Yeah, actually, no. Oh, okay. We're going to be in for a treat. This is 7% alcohol from Healdsburg, California. Bear Republic Brewing Company is an annual production of 1,500 barrels. It was named Small Brewery of the Year at the 2006 Great American Beer Fest. It uses two Pacific Northwest hops, Columbus and Cascade. Columbus is the new hybrid high alpha hop that's used for bittering. So this should be interesting. One of those cat pissy beers. I don't think it's going to be come across <laughs> as cat pissy, but let's give it a try. It's been a year since I've had it. Can't smell anything. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm getting a little bit of just tiny bit of hops and some crystal malt type aromas on the on the nose, but compared to the last one, it's pretty subdued. Yeah, there's there's a pungency that's leaking through there. It's not leaking through there in huge amounts, but it's there. Let's see if Guinness can smell it. <laughs> it's kind of hard for this beer to follow up after the uh, the Big Eye IPA. Well, in terms of in terms of hitting you over the head, I like that. It is. It's kind of. It is not quite the same kind of uh, yeah. hit, but as as a mellower take on the style, it's actually pretty good. I think for my first sip, though, my tongue wasn't able to to grasp it right because it's. Still has that big eye on its mind, right? I mean, it kind of slid over my tongue and really didn't taste like all that much. So I'm going to try to scrub my tongue a little bit with some water here. We just had an exceptionally bitter IPA from from years in my perspective, and then we had a really malty IPA mm-hmm. and still a lot of bitterness. And then here we're getting sort of a milder take on this compared to these two. It's right. not exactly a mild beer by any imagination, but right. in comparison, it's significantly dialed down. Not so much dialed down on the flavor department, just really on the bitterness department. I think there's still a lot of flavor there, but it's it just feels subdued because of what we just tasted. 
it has a whole slew of awards that the thing's won. Several gold medals uh, for the Great American Beer Fest. Um, some bronze medals from the California State Fair. World Beer Cup medals. So it's That's a well-decorated weird. beer. I just had, and this may be just a confluence of different hops and stuff, but a taste of wintergreen. I'm not tasting it, but I, I'm not thinking, saying you're crazy. I could definitely see how that flavor could arrive. Okay, so my second sip, I was able to taste the beer as I slid over my tongue. And yeah, it tastes like a littler, more drinkable Big Eye. Mm-hmm. There's some malt there, but not as much. The bitterness isn't quite as there, but it's a, it's a, it's nice and still definitely a West Coast IPA, I'd say. I'd order a second one. This is this is really the most drinkable one we've had tonight, I oh, think, yeah. so far. And that goes a long way in my book. Oh yeah, this is definitely a beer you could order a couple of. Without without being denied of hops, and you know, yeah, yeah. and that's important because yeah. you, you want something that still gives you the hoppy, st- but also considering you're coming from a like you mentioned the extremes to still say that's oh, very good. That tells you something. Yeah, you I know? just noticed it's the label point. on the paddle me says excessively extreme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're not kidding. I was at Bear Republic last time I was in California. I went to, took the red eye late Saturday, so I hung up with Rick Sellers and we went to Russian River Bear Republic. It was a cool little place, way up north past Napa Valley, and uh, we weren't able to spend too much time there because my day was running short and we wanted to get the Russian River. But we had a couple beers there, and it was, it was a fun place. What's the atmosphere like? It was more barry than, like, gastropub-type atmosphere. Um, but there was a restaurant, but it was definitely more barry and uh, very friendly. Talked with a couple strangers there about, you know, just the beers and what well, was pretty cool. No, that's California. Yeah. <laughs> People are friendly in California. The weather's nice all the time. Everyone's beautiful. <laughs> well, I just downed that. I mean, there was no stopping me on that one. It just came, went down so smooth. and That's number one in Greg's book right now. I can tell. <laughs> it's definitely up there. They also make a, uh, a beer, probably a bigger version of this, called Racer X. I think it's Racer X because of Speed Racer, but it could yeah, be Racer. Yeah, well, Racer 5, was not was 5 Speed Racer's number or was it X? No, no. I don't even Racer X was the villain. Oh. Weren't they brothers? They might have been. I'm not up on my... That was always the under theme. Okay. Yeah, I'm not up on my Speed Racer mythology, so... <laughs> I just remember Speed Racer in the Mammoth Car, where the, the big train car made of gold, and they were trying to figure out how they were smuggling the gold, and the car itself was made of gold. So Chim Chim. And Chim Chim. And Trixie. Right. Trixie, right? Yeah. Were they going to make a live-action Speed Racer? I think they were. They may have. Might have been straight to DVD. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, it would be interesting to try Racer 10 compared to this. See how this... If they're able to keep it... What's that? I'm just, I, I remembered um, a commercial I once saw. I was just flipping channels and they would be on the Cartoon Network. And I saw a commercial for Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. They did a commercial for Scooby-Doo where you know, they had the Scooby-Doo van and stuff like that. All of a sudden, Speed Racer comes off and, and knocks the Scooby-Doo van off the road and turns into a Speed Racer commercial. I just thought that was very cool. Out of the blue, just completely out of nowhere. They do the Scooby-Doo what's commercial. The, what's the connection? Speed Racer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had a connection there, <laughs> tenuous as it might be. As I've been no, trying, what was the connection in the commercial? Like they they came up with that. Like, Who knows how the brain works? <laughs> like oh, Scooby Doo. Well, they were driving in a van and they got knocked off the road. Right. All right. I'll buy that. I would like to try the Racer X to see how it compares <laughs> to the Racer Five. I'm not going to expound because I can't seem to get it through. Do we have any? No, no. I don't. 
Have you guys had had any anything from these other uh, from these breweries before? Like, yeah, uh, we have. I've had Hop Rod Rye from Berry Public and a couple others. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one or two things from Berry Public, haven't we? These yeah. guys come in high esteem, I assume. Yeah, yeah, tell us about Bear. this brewer, Jeff. You said we may have heard of them. Oh, I just thought it's um, it's not a huge brewery. They're not available here, but um, Berry Public's one of the more notable California breweries. I would say they. I would say they follow up. Um, Sierra Nevada Anchor and Stone. I mean, they're one or two below that, I would say, in, in notoriety. So I just thought you guys had heard about them. I don't have any information handy here about them other than they produce 1,500 barrels, which was surprisingly small for for how much you, I've, you know, perceived very public is, you know, their size. So maybe they're a lot smaller and just have, you know, beer geek, you know. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, they have, they have street cred for beer geeks. Now, our next beer. I'm not one to hold off of the awesome beers until the end, so I'm going to do our next beer second to the end. Now, I don't know which one you're talking about awesome beer, because I think I have the spoiling here, because I want to see which one. So we have two beers here, and Greg seems to think one of them is awesome. Well, one of, we them, have, one of them I'm really, really, really looking forward to. But I'm looking forward to both of them, Greg. We have Alesmith and... Port Brewing, which is Lost Abbey. Right. Pommy Arthur. Now, because of our Lost Abbey show, I am super psyched for the Port Brewing. But Alesmith, we've had some tremendous stuff from Alesmith, too. Have we? What, what else has been Alesmith? A Speedway Stout. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> uh, old Numbskull. Uh, I remember Old Numbskull. Or was it Boardhead? One of them. One of them was, um, was Alesmith, too. So... Okay, so you are, you want to do the Port Brewing? Yes. Okay. This is Wipeout IPA India Pale Ale from Port Brewing. I believe awesome. Speedway was uh, show 77. Oh. <laughs> hey, 11 shows ago you were on. Good call. All right, so this is another beer from Mike. Lost Abbey slash Port Brewing Company in San Marcos, California. This is an alcohol of 7% uh, brewed year-round. They opened in 1987, don't you know? Annual production of 5,000 barrels. Here we go. A lot of nice information on here. It uses two-row wheat, carapace, and English crystal malts. A hot with Amarillo, Centennial, and Simcoe. And the yeast is a White Labs California Ale. Now, the original gravity of this beer was... <laughs> original gravity, in case oh, you're curious, was 1.064. Terminal gravity, 1.008. Lots of nice information for you in case you have, you're keeping score. In case you're scoring at home, or even if you're by yourself, I've only had a couple beers from Pizza Port, Port Brewing, Lost Abbey, and those were the Lost Abbey Belgians we did in the Lost Abbey show, and they knocked our socks off. Yes. So this will be the first non-Belgian style beer. Let's see how it goes. Aroma? Well, we okay. So we have a nice a straw color here that's cloudy, very cloudy. Yeah, pours cloudy. It's it's most likely bottle conditioned, and and I probably wasn't careful enough decanting it. Trying to get an aroma here. It's it's mild. I'm getting it, it's it's mild. It's it's a little more potent than the the Berry Public, the Racer Five. Mm-hmm. Um, tasting, I mean, I'm smelling a lot of the same flavors. We got Cascade in there. Uh, what was no? That there's one? no Cascade. No. It's Amarillo, Centennial, and Simcoe. Okay, it must have been the Centennial then. Okay, I'm not really smelling the Simcoe. Simcoe, Simcoe usually, to me, comes across as an apricot flavor. So you're drinking it. See if you can pick out an apricot. Well, Amarillo is 
Amarillo tastes different. Actually, Amarillo tastes different to me depending on when I have it. Yeah. I haven't been able to nail that down to a specific now, Tell flavor. me what I'm... I, I smell the malty sweetness. Is that Cascade? Is that what I'm... Malty sweetness... Uh, I mean, some of the hops will play with the fruit in there. The fruity type of flavors will go in with the malt. But, I mean, you're tasting crystal malt, you know, like a, like a caramel 60 or something like yeah. that. I'm smelling you lemon. Know. Yeah. Yeah, it has a very interesting um, citrus fruit flavor, lemon slash orange hybrid in there at the very beginning of the flavor, and then the bitterness comes in after you have enough time to talk about the uh, the lemon orange hybrid. <laughs> I suck myself up too much of this beer. <laughs> and now that's not good. I'm, I'm tasting Amarillo, but I'm not sure I have the words to, to describe what it's tasting. It's this grassy. Right. Kind of the grassy flavor at the end there mm-hmm. is the Amarillo. If you take a hop cone, just a fresh hop cone, and you were to suck on it, you get a really deep, grassy bitterness. That's what you're tasting here. Okay. It, it, it's considerably stronger in the fresh hop cone, obviously, right. but the, it, it's, it's that kind of deep bitterness that you're getting with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bitterness lingers on this one. Starting to, to fill my mouth after several sips, and it's also I feel it in my cheeks. <laughs> yeah, it's a pucker. It's a pucker beer. You feel it coating, like absorbing into the, your cheeks. <laughs> These guys are just smiling. Aaron's smiling. Jeff, Jeff's trying to figure out cheeks. I wasn't thinking about cheeks. <laughs> no, I was going to go home and shave my teeth. A minute there. <laughs> now the grass was. I, I was trying to hit the what I was tasting. I, it was more of a wet. Mode grass. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely a grassy type flavor. I mean, not not like when you go as descriptive as wet mode grass, you think of yard grass, and right. and that's not really where I'm going. It's probably more of a barley's a grass. Well, it is, but uh, you know, dried out a little bit, um, maybe wetened after that, but certainly a, a drier, deader grass type flavor, more straw. If you will, our guests are quiet. It's a harder beer to get your head around. It's <clears throat> there's a lot of post flavors. <laughs> like yeah, my, like you said, your cheeks feel it. My whole mouth is um, it's a little bitter. It's sweet. It's dry. In certain parts of it, it's that's that's different. The beer hits you in a different way than the other ones. It's mm-hmm. the other ones were. Kind of, I mean, I don't want to say one note, but they were definitely stronger in some notes than others. Um, it, well, with the, the Racer 5 wasn't really, but the Racer 5 was a little bit milder. This one is more complex, and it, it's, it's, I think for me, it, it's kind of throwing me for a loop. I'm trying to figure it out. And not that I don't like it, I really do like it, but I still haven't placed it yet. I still haven't figured out where it fits mm-hmm. along the IPA right. scale. I mean, because the flavor is very engaging. But then there's this lingering bitterness that diminishes the drinkability of the beer. It's not like, I don't want another Racer 5 right now if I was at a bar. Yeah. Like, Give me another Racer 5. That's a good drinker while you're talking with friends. This one's a little more work because you got to think about it. 
and it, it lingers, and it, it so it diminished in the drinkability category. Yeah, so. Racer Five Bar Beer. This one, you're at home, in your study, you're alone. <laughs> you're pouring this beer, and you know you. And pour, you're writing a thesis on it. Yeah, you pour this beer, and you stare at it, and you take a sip. You taste it, you swallow it, and you stare at it some more, and you think, okay. Where are you going, my little beer friend? <laughs> it, it's a different one. It, it's uh, and then you invite over Aaron and Jeff and say, right. say hello to my little friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those beers where it's good beer, but vocabulary escapes us on it. It's just it's engaging, but yet hard to describe. It's an enigma. Yeah. And I'm out of it, so I'm done. I mean, it has silenced us. It has really silenced the flow. This beer, this beer stops the podcast because it's like, wow, it's like it's just drying my mouth. It's yeah. almost like it's sucking the moisture from my mouth. Yeah, I think make- the big. I was just going to say, I think the biggest difference between this one and the other ones was that cheek feel that we were getting, yeah. where you could feel it permeating your cheek cells, yeah, and destroying the mitochondria in there. And- <laughs> It's like a cancer. It's a cancer of beer. That's kind of a uh, a CBRN joke. I think any mitochondria joke is a CBRN joke. How often does a podcast have a mitochondria in joke? I mean, most science podcasts aren't that nerdy. We should mention next week we'll be drawing all the prizes for our DVD. I wanted to ask you about this. How's that going to work? How's that? Gonna work. I think I'm doing a. You're first. You get to pick the best thing. It's gonna be too high in overhead. So I think I'm just gonna say this is for can we item build, X. Like, can we build like a wheel and spin it? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> Jeff's gonna bar my tools again, isn't he? <laughs> I can't build a wheel. Oh come on! Maybe that, you can get Aaron to build a wheel. Aaron. We'll I could build it. a wheel. We'll let you spin it. I could spin the wheel. One of those things like, click, 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 click. That sounds like a lot of work, Greg. But it, can you imagine how much fun that would be? <laughs> it sounds like a Well, who is eligible to win? Good thing you asked, Jeffrey. <laughs> like we, you've been prompted. <laughs> <laughs> we have, for the last couple months now, we have been pitching our uh, Craft Beer Radio second anniversary DVD. It's a, it's a DVD-ROM that has all our MP3 shows on it. The reason we use DVDs is because otherwise we'd have to send out like eight or nine CDs, and that's insane. So it's a DVD you use on your computer. has all our MP3s. For $25, we'll send you the DVD. And some people say, well, your shows aren't worth $25. We'd like to think of a more of a donation. Thanks for doing the show for a year. And to sweeten the pot, we've r- written a bunch of breweries that we know and asked them to donate swag, which you see on the table over there. And everyone who buys the DVD is eligible in the drawing to win items. We have all kinds of stuff. We have uh, books from uh, Brewmaster's Table from Garrett Oliver, Beer, A History of Brewing in Chicago, Beer School. We've got T-shirts from Dogfish Head, Surly, Boulevard Brewing Company. Uh, Flying Chir- Dog. Flying Dog. we got we got ladies' panties from Flying Dog. Ah, yeah. We've got a big metal, nice. big metal dog bowl. we got um, a glass from Flying Dog. Got some hats from Brooklyn Brewery. I mean, I wish I could keep one of those hats. They're sweet. Got some Well, shirts. Jeff, if you buy the DVD, you are eligible. Not, not so not much. Not really. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I'm, sure a, I'm sure there's a clause in there somewhere about employees <laughs> of Craft Beer Radio. Um, our newest addition is uh, Rich Rosella, who who I um, I emailed because he uh, he's affiliated with 
Penn Brewery. I'm like, give us some Penn stuff. And he sent us some shirts from yesterbeer.com. So they're these old... Um, grab that top shirt there, Greg, that blue one. This beer, this shirt has been touched by Greg, by the yes. way. So this is True Blue <laughs> Beer and Ale, Northampton Brewing Company, Northampton, Pennsylvania, established in uh, 1898. So a lot of these old-time brewery shirts, this place, yesterbeer.com sells, and they sent us a couple shirts. We got all kinds of sweet stuff, uh, and uh, said next week we're going to be drawing. So if you want to get in, oh, and we have the the very controversy-ridden uh, case of oh well, we get two other things. We got right. got sample packs of Chimay, so you get three bottles of Chimay in a glass. And uh, I also picked up a case of Worldwide Stout, and we're going to be giving away bottles of Worldwide Stout as well. We're giving away all this stuff to help entice people to, to pay the $25. And we've had a pretty good response this year. And next week we're doing the drawing to hand out all the stuff. And then i got to pack and mail all this crap. All right. So, yeah, buy the DVD. Go to our website. The top link on our website is where you can buy the DVD. Get in for the drawing. Buy our DVD. Surly Brewing Company. Did I say buy our that? DVD. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. East End Brewing Company. Same buy our DVD. DVD. Yes. Last beer of the night. Ale Smith IPA from the Ellsworth Brewing Company in San Diego, California. The alcohol is 7.75%. They opened in 1995 and they have an annual production of 3,500 barrels. On the back of here in silkscreen it says, I prefer Ale Smith. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Which to me, I mean, is, you know, it's pretty awesome, not like it's the awesomest ever. So you're kind of subdued in your, in your marketing. That's there. marketing street that gets Greg's thumbs up. <laughs> It's not bad. <laughs> Greg, you got about four inches ahead there. You're not going to uh, taste this for a while. Well, we'll see. The hops are definitely coming through on this uh, aroma. This is the highest alcohol of the night. So, This also was from Mike in San Diego. Thank you very much, Mike. You have a lot of really good beers you have access to. <laughs> They don't mention what kind of hops are in this beer. Just a rich multi rum with a huge dose of hops. Huge. Medium full body with a sweet multi flavors and delicious abundance of aromatic, aromatic bittering hops. Or if you're in, your, if you're in New York, it's a huge dose of hops. I'm going to say something about the hop okay. guess. This reminds me of the Chinook. Let's see, I haven't ahead. tasted it yet. That's go, going on smell alone. This is the least carbonated of the bunch. Least to me. Well, it could be because it's all in the head. It's <laughs> in your glass. That's possible. Mm. It's also got a brightness to it. Yeah, there could be some Chinook in there. It's, it's a little piney. I'm getting that late in the taste. I'm getting the, the resiny, mm. piney type flavor. Absolutely. I didn't get it initially, but yeah, it comes along later. So, I think you're correct, sir. <laughs> well, blind squirrel. <laughs> you need to give yourself a little more credit You drink more IPAs than anyone on the street Except Possibly. maybe Jeff Which Blind Squirrel would be a good name for an IPA <laughs> right. there's, there's an IPA called Blind Pig <laughs> oh, yeah. From Russian River Did I ever tell you about the name of my beer? Any beer I have on tap no. Out of order Out of order? That way if somebody walks up to the tap They see out of order they go and ask for a bottle. Right. Of course, yeah. You see? 
Now, you don't write it on the handle. You hang a sign that says out of order. Yeah. Or you just get a sign that says, like, Schlitz. Or you say Schlitz or Bush Light <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, Bush Light might actually get people to wonder. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Jacobs? <laughs> Depends on... You need, need multiple signs depending on which friends are coming over. Yeah. <laughs> I just found out my buddy, his family owns ham... Owned... Ham's beer. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, no longer. Did. It was the same family that owned McMaster Scotch. Interesting. Huh. You know, my beer is called "This Beer Sucks." Didn't, <laughs> didn't sell. <laughs> That's the point. I don't want it to sell. <laughs> I've got Rolling Rock drinkers liking craft beer. That's good. Yeah. Does this taste um, sandy? No, I'm not getting sand. Getting a puckery. The the hops are definitely building. Mm-hmm. This one's in the cheeks as well. Yeah. There's. I think what's giving me that thing is that there's really right up front. There's a lot of action on my tongue. It's a very gritty beer. Yeah. It feel. I mean, it, it gives the illusion of grittiness. I don't know exactly what it is, but it, right up front, it just. I mean, right here, right here, it's right, there, right there, uh-huh. <laughs> right here. In the no, I, I can see where you're coming with that. I'm not. I wouldn't go as far as saying sandy, but I can just see what you're describing. Probably the most prominent beer I can think of that's like that is Old School from uh, Dogfish Head. I've always described it as a grainy beer, and not. Not barley grains, but like wood grain, like what you think wood grain would taste like. I always describe it as a grainy beer. I don't know why, but it hits me right up there at front and like on the right up on the sides, and it's just giving me this kind of grainy feeling. Mm-hmm. But the flavor, to me, this this feels more cascading because I'm tasting some of that grapefruit. Yeah, this is the uh, the Alesmith IPA that we're they're finishing up here. I've always noticed for me about three IPAs a night's about all I can handle, and we're at that point. So I wonder how much that plays into the yeah, drinkability well, aspect. I'm of kind it, of you know? considering that too. That doing a uh, vertical IPA show, <laughs> there's only so many ways you can describe <laughs> citrus and grass and pine and <laughs> right. and hops. Right. This would have had to be. The beard had all beers to really have made a huge impression on us, I think. But right. they were all good beers. They were all good beers. This is a drink. This is a pretty drinkable beer, actually. Yeah. Um, Ranking is going to be tough because there's a hundred different ways to look at this yeah. lineup, and which which view are you going to use to do your ranking? Right? Are you going to do the most obscure and interesting flavors, or most drinkable? You know, so. Figuring out which way you're going to view this lineup is uh, as hard as anything. I already have it. (laughs) Which view are you using? Drinkability? I don't know how to describe it because it's a combination of how I'd approach this at a bar versus also how I enjoyed these tonight. So it's kind of a, a mixed bunch. But I think that my number one beer, well, you probably guessed it. Is that Bear Republic Racer 5. The drinkability aspect of it really, really gave it a, a, a leg up on all of these, I think. And, I mean, this was the beer out of all of these that you most wanted to have a second one. Was this in the order? 
No, no, no. That we that we sampled them. Yeah, uh, we no. drank them in this order. One. I, th- I thought that was third. Two. Yeah. Okay. Three. Four, I need to see them that way because that's how I remember them. So Racer Five right. to me is is definitely number one. I think right. it was the beer that tonight I got the most enjoyment out of too. I mean, not to say that there wasn't a great amount of enjoyment, not to say that other beers maybe didn't have stronger flavors, but mm-hmm. man, that Racer 5 just went down like that. I just wanted more right away. Right. That's a really good sign. Uh, I think Big Eye would be next for me. I really like that Three Floyds kind of flavor, that, that really heavy maltiness to it that really gave this kind of caramel, that man candy flavor. That really uh, We've coined a new term on CBR here. <laughs> man candy. Really, uh, really gave me... Uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of thumbs up there. Um, number three is actually kind of tough because I'm wavering between whether I think it belongs to Ale Smith or whether I think it belongs to Wipeout. And hmm. I think I may go with Wipeout just because a, a beer that takes that long to figure out and you're really going after. There's something there's something there to it. It was not Well basically I think, you know, for those two beers, the the main thing is do you prefer the Amarillo or do you prefer the Chinook? I mean that's kind of the big difference. Where the Amarillo has a more grassy flavor and the Chinook's a more resiny. I think that's really the difference I've picked up between those two beers. See to me it was more like Al Smith was more the more drinkable, but the Bear Public or not Bear Public, the um the Wipeout was a lot of – it just took a lot of mental energy to get your head around it. And that isn't always the mark of the most drinkable beer, but it's certainly the mark of an interesting beer. And I think interesting will trump drinkability in this case. So I'm going to go with Wipeout ahead of Al Smith. And then the hard luck loser is Paddle Me, which was a good beer, maybe because it was first – it didn't make as much as an impression on me, maybe because it was the most bitter of the night, although, I mean, it had that strong combination. I, I don't know if it was the most bitter. We had some pretty bitter beers. I mean, the... It was the most lingering of the night. And you know me and the lingering have kind of a love-hate relationship. I would I would argue that the, um, the wipeout was pretty bitter, too. Oh, it was. Maybe it was the most one-dimensional bitterness. It, it was the lightest beer of the night, so it was definitely the one that was... Putting all its chips on hops right. instead of you know balancing them across you know the table. Still a good beer, really good beer. Mm-hmm. So that's my list. Uh, the Razor Five was probably it was definitely the most drinkable, but I think just to be different, you know, to take the MythBusters view, or you approach it one way and I approach it the different way. <laughs> I'm going to approach it on most interesting flavors. All right. And, and throw drinkability out because you did the drinkability, and I pretty much agree with you on that. So I'm going to take a different view so I could mix up the rankings a little bit. And for That's not right, <laughs> I mean, you can do it how you want to do it, but don't throw drinkability out. No, no, I'm not. But there's different ways to view it. Do, and I'm, instead of weighting drinkability is high, I'm going to rank interesting flavors higher. All right. So okay. from the interesting flavor point of view, I'm going to put the. Uh, the big guy number one from Ballast Point. That was the one that tastes like Three Floyd's Alpha King to us. And, oh, man candy. Man candy. <laughs> number two, I'm going to put 
uh, Port Brewing uh, Wipeout IPA. By the way, how is that for a uh, for a crafty radio slogan? We bring you man candy. <laughs> <laughs> that could be taken the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna put the racer five num- third. Um, great beer drinkability. It's top shelf. Uh, Flavor wise, it was good, but it wasn't as out- as interesting as the other two. Then number four, I'm gonna put the Yale Smith. And then Hard Luck Loser, just like you said, will be the Paddle Me. It just, maybe it was the order of the night, but it was the most one-dimensional beer. All right. Aaron, how do you think they... Uh... I'm only, it, to me, it's a three-race, three-beer three, three beer race. The first two, uh, to me, had, had major issues. Uh, Paddle Me IPA, and you heard me mention, so carbonation, so much citrusy. I didn't... I wouldn't put it in the IPA category. Uh, Big Eye, to me, it was just too malty. It was too sweet. And I like bitter, and bitter and sweet are two different things. And therefore, I want bitter. So uh, I'm going to put it at four. So Paddle Me is five. (coughs) Big Eye is four. So to me, it was a race of the last three. And I honestly, I'd order any one of the three. So I'm going to go... Number three is Wipeout. Number two is Racer. Number one is Alesmith. Um... No real reason. All three of them were really good to me. Um, I liked all of the different differences between them. There wasn't one I liked more than the other. I, so you agree with the back of the label for the Aerosmith, where it says it's pretty awesome? Well, you know what? I, I, I you guys kind of finished yours and started talking about it. I let mine warm up a little bit, and it really, really, at, after five beers, <laughs> uh, it was it was even more enjoyable. And as you were talking, it, it was getting more subtle and more. It was very nice. Um, no off, no no off flavors at all. To me, that's that that's that to me is a very bitter IPA, which is what I like. So I'm going to go Ale Smith number one, uh, Bear Republic number two, uh, Wipeout three, Big Eye four, and Sorry Paddle Me. I liked you. I just didn't think you were to me. Paddle well, Me I, Paddle Me had a, a face of a very bitter hard IPA. competition. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jeff, Jeff number two. Your, your virgin ranking. How's it go? I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go on the basis of drinkability and uh, Racer 5 uh, right up there at the top. Um, and I think of drinkability, I'm, I'm having two to three of it. That's the one I'm having two to three of without right. without second thought. Then the uh, the Wipeout and the Alesmith I thought were uh, similar, but I'm going to differentiate them on, uh, as Jeff would say, cheekishness. <laughs> and I thought uh, Alesmith was a little bit more subdued, which I appreciated. Uh, Wipeout, a little bit more hardcore, as I referenced before. I, I, I thought I needed to shave after it, although it was very good. Cheeky um, monkey. But uh, Alesmith, a little bit more subtle, and I thought a little bit better. So Alesmith, number two. Wipeout, number three. Paddle me. I think our highest maintenance beer. Uh, the head alone on the uh, on it, you had just to give it time. It's like you're waiting for a date to get ready. It's like, come on, I, w- I want to drink the beer. Let's go. <laughs> and it took some time. Um, a little bit too much of the uh, variety of fruitishness for me. Not big there. Uh, so that's going to come in fifth uh, and big eye in front of it at number four. Well, we just Greg and I just tried a little bit more of the paddle me, stringent like yeah, harsh. The the cat pee flavor, 
<laughs> it's like a warrior hops right there all the way almost. Like claws into your tongue. Mm, it like, does. Yeah. It does. It's like it's biting on and not letting go. If you let this warm, it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna be killer. So wow, paddle me, not doing well tonight. I I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I, we did like your beer. It's yeah. just it had tough competition. Yeah, it's a very tough competition. And uniformly, it didn't stack up to any of them. All right. Well, I guess that's all for this episode of Craft Beer Radio. Anything else you want to say, Greg? Oh, you know what? There is one thing I wanted to mention. Five very hoppy West Coast IPAs. No skunk at all. It's true. Amen, brother. Must maybe we've uh, dodged the bullet this time, or maybe we've broken. The you curse. are tempting fate. Was uh, that old you ale are night? Tempting fate, my friend. Old ale night. Was that the? the oh, two it's or three not just nights? it's not just the old ale night, man. Oh. We've we've been plagued with skunk beers. So old ale night is bad. We have listeners write in who say, "How do you guys get so many skunk beers?" <laughs> I think there's a voodoo, a skunked voodoo doll out yeah. there of us. There, people. There, are, there's some other podcast that is doing some crazy things to our beers. Coming in Jeff's at night and shining, you know, flashlights. And stuff yeah, UV there. lights on it. They set up until I wake up in the morning. They rip them out. It's probably should I drink that? They just live right down the street. It's probably them. Those bastards. See, should I drink that? Dot com. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Purchase our DVD if you want to be in for the drawing next week. Uh, I'll probably do the drawing ahead of time and we'll announce the winners on the show because it will take a while to announce all that crap. Lame. Maybe we can do it uh, in the pre-show. Oh, there we go. Pre-show. Yeah. Give you a reason to listen to the pre-show if you haven't already. I'll bring the Schlitz. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Jeff, for coming. Hope you enjoy drinking some of these beers that you can't buy here in Pennsylvania. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Hey, like I said, I did not want to waste these beers and Greg and I couldn't drink no. all those beers by ourselves. So. Tune in next week where we... Well, uh, depending on how early we did the show, I guess. Actually, next week I'm going to San Francisco, so we'll have to see if we can fit in a show. If we do a show next week, let's do um, Allagash. Okay. All right. And if not, we'll do Allagash when we get back from San Francisco. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums and more information. Our music, opening and closing, were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon, available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Party on, everybody. Yeah. Promise me you'll never go away So I don't have to put these looks on your grave